The 10-Minute Writers' Workshop is supported by Heinemann, a provider of resources written by real teachers for real classrooms. Heinemann values teachers as decision-makers and students as curious learners. Discover the path to lifelong professional learning at Heinemann.com. Heinemann, dedicated to teachers. Hi, I'm Andre DeBuse III, and this is the 10-Minute Writing Workshop. Okay, I said DeBuse, you said DeBuse. DeBuse. Rhymes with abuse. <laughs> Yeah, although around here it's fucking dubus. Virginia Prescott here with the 10-Minute Writers' Workshop. Andre Dubuse III's memoir, Townie, told the story of his violent childhood on the wrong side of the tracks. Writing was his way out, and he has hit the big time. New York Times bestsellers and Oprah pick, his novel The House of Sand and Fog was made into an Oscar-nominated film. We caught up with him at the New Hampshire Writers' Project's annual Writers' Day. And I asked him, which is most challenging for him to write, the first sentence or the last? I think the last sentence is harder than the first. I mean, the first is hard, too. They're all, it's all hard. In the middle is the hardest. I, I think the last sentence is really, truly always the hardest, especially for a novel. If you're bringing together hundreds of pages in a final sentence, for me, you know, there doesn't have to be closure. It doesn't have to have a neat little bow at the end. I do look at last sentences in, an, in almost a musical way. I think that whatever, whatever emotional tones are hit in the novel, um, whatever thematic palette gets struck, that every instrument has to have some sort of resonance in that last line. And man, that's a tough one to find. Do you edit as you go along? I do rewrite as I go, but in, in just one macroscopic way. Well, no, I just lied. I rewrite in a bunch of ways. I have to believe that everything that precedes the scene I'm writing is true. If there's a false note anywhere, I cannot continue until I've rewritten it for authenticity, whether that's a, a physical action or a line of dialogue or a gesture, what have you. Because, you know, if, especially novels, they feel like a building, a tall skyscraper out of, a, out of cards. It's a building of house of cards. And, and if, you know, the seventh floor is false, then the 30 floors above it have to go. I am constantly rewriting for truth, character truth, explicitly and specifically. But also I have to say, and that's where I was lying earlier, you know, I read poetry every day, and, and, and I think as I've gotten deeper into my writing life, which is now in its fourth decade, I'm shocked to say out loud, I do rewrite for prose rhythm. I, I do hone those sentences. And one of the good things about technology, you know, I write longhand pencil in notebooks. This morning I typed yesterday's handwritten work into the computer, and then I rewrite sentences and go for prose rhythm on the computer, and then I put the computer aside and I write longhand again. In the old days, when I began with the standard manual typewriter, you know, I mean, you wouldn't rewrite a sentence 35 times because you'd have to take it out of the patent and put on the, you know, the white out and blow on it and put it back in and type the whole page again. Now, because of the technology, you really can rewrite endlessly and quite easily, at least on a technical level, the good thing is, it, it's made me a better writer. I, I rewrite sentences with far more abandon than I ever did before. You said that you read poetry every day, and I'm wondering if, if that's something you came to, how you came to it, and if you have any advice for young, aspiring writers on getting themselves going and getting their rhythm and improving their writing. That was a big, loud noise. Yeah. I mean, I do believe that prose writers should read poetry. What happened for me was a, my girlfriend in my 20s left me, and the last thing she gave me was a book of poems. And it was Wild Gratitude by Edward Hirsch, who's one of my favorite contemporary American poets. 
and I just adored it. And I said, well, how could you? I was about 25. Why haven't I read poems? And I had been reading poetry just about every morning for, you know, since, which is over 30 years. You know, for me, it's, you know, it's the flower petals on the bed. It's uh, Luther Vandross on the stereo. It's the candlelight. You know, do what you got to do to get in the mood. And so I'll read two to six poems. And I do recommend that not just young writers, but that older writers might want to try that. You know, look, what poets are so great at is boiling everything down to their essentials. And they're particularly good, I'm generalizing, but at imagery and in voice and sound. And, and I, I just can't read a great poem without wanting to write right away and write better. Short of the um, rose petals and the warm bath and Luther Vandross on the stereo, what is the best environment for you to be writing in? I need silence. I speak a couple other languages, but I can't have English talking around me because it interferes with the sentences I'm trying to find. So I have a soundproof room in my basement, and I, and I even wear headphones from my old carpentry days, you know, you'd use to protect your ears. Uh, I can hear my heartbeat. I can hear my breathing. That and some black coffee, and I'm, I'm at it with my pencil. So what is your worst distraction from getting your work done, your writing? Life calls me. I love reading the newspaper. CNN, I'm glued. You know, it's a great procrastination tool. I begin the morning, I eat my breakfast from the CNN, and then I go to my cave to write. But, you know, there are many mornings I think, well, this is an election year. I should really be informed and watch a little more CNN. But it's garbage. You, you know, the, the, what distracts me is life itself, which is ironic, because what pulls me to writing is trying to capture that very thing. So you got to get to your desk. you just got to. What do you think is the most common mistake that new writers make and, or that you remember as a new writer? I think one of the most common missteps for a lot of young writers and not so young writers is self-consciousness. Um, we try to sound like writers. And I, I kind of have this working theory as to what writer's block is. I think it's at the heart, it's self-consciousness that's gotten toxic, that we are prematurely anticipating an audience what we're writing we've got one eye on the mirror to see how we're doing. So do whatever you can to forget the audience, to forget the reader for now, and just try to descend into the dream world. There's a great definition of sincerity from Nadine Gordimer novel where the character has an insight as to what sincerity is. And she says, oh, sincerity is never having an idea of oneself. So I don't want to be a downer here, but I think people have to remember they're going to die. You know, may you be 140 years old, but... We're not going to be here forever. So are you really going to waste your precious moments on the planet worrying about what, what someone thinks of your writing? Are there any tools or books or, that you would recommend for aspiring writers? Well, I have uh, mixed feelings about how-to writing books. There are some really fine ones out there. As a college writing professor, I dip into a few chapters and, and share them with my students. My concern about how-to writing books is that you can be too good a writing student. And I tell my own students, don't be too good a student. Take what I say that seems like it's going to be helpful to you and discard what's not helpful for you and your creative way of working. Honestly, when it comes to books to recommend to young writers, just read some good damn novels, short stories, and novellas and poetry. Get inspired. There's a great line from Henry James, a writer is a reader who is moved to emulation. You know, so read, read. Even reading mediocre stuff's good. You learn from the, the stuff that's not so great. What is the best piece of advice that you ever got about writing, or what sticks with you? Here's the thing, man. I don't know if this is because of my scrappy little childhood that millions have. I don't know what it is about me. I have not looked for teachers much in my life. I'm not saying that I don't need them, but it, there, there's something about my approach to the world that 
I really love being alone and learning stuff on my own. That's why I dropped out. I, I just wanted to learn on my own. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. I will say, though, before I dropped out, I haven't remembered this in years, Gordon Weaver, great uh, writer from Oklahoma, was one of my grad school teachers before I dropped out of this program. What stays with me is he said, you know, man, you need to use more compound sentences. And I thought, you're right. And you know what's interesting? I was told by a writer friend of mine my sentences were too long. So I was making them all too short. And he told me to go back to what I was doing. That stayed with me for three decades now. Fantasy job if you were not a writer? I think I'd like to be a country family doctor. I just, I really love human beings and I like the body and I'm fascinated by health. And uh, it'd be, I'd love to be just a family doc, you know, helping deliver babies and stopping the blood flow and whatever. Like William Carlos Williams. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know if I'd be a good one, but it's always been on my mind. And I was, you know, I'm actually an ex-pre-med. I was a pre-med for like one year. And then when organic chemistry came along, I said, ah, I'm going to go over here to political science. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Andre Debus III, a scrappy kid who grew up to be a best-selling novelist, memoir writer, a teacher, and poetry lover. Special thanks today to dogged wrangler Karen Kenny for getting Andre in the chair. The 10-Minute Writers' Workshop is a production of NHPR, produced by Sarah Plourd with help from Maureen McMurray. You can get some other quick writing lessons with Kelly Link, Richard Russo, Alexander Chee, and dozens of other authors when you subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. And why not take a crack at it? Put on your headphones or Luther Vandross or whatever and write a review, which will give you some practice and help other people find us. See, it's all win-win. Thanks so much. Music this episode by Broke for Free.